This is Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. A window to the Latin universe. Stanford. 90.1 FM. Radio Atenea Americana. This is Atenea Americana. Bilingual house of culture. On the air and online. Radio Atenea Americana. Su casa de la cultura en la radio y online. Para la radio 90.1 KCSU Stanford. I am Isabel Jubes. Isabel Jubes. Bienvenidos. Atenea Americana. Welcome. Bienvenidos. From Stanford to the world. Americana, we are showcasing a spectacular brand new opera that is coming this summer. I'm talking about Mi Camino. Mi Camino is a powerful new song cycle created by the composer Hector Armienta, which gives voice to farm workers in the greater Bay Area. This is a brand new piece of art that has been composed during the times of pandemic. Today we are talking with Master Hector Armienta and with soprano Cecilia Violeta Lopez. They will tell us more about Mi Camino. Mi Camino harnesses innovative technology to combine footage of the singers with animations, including avatars and virtual worlds. Mi Camino is a community invigorated song cycle created by composer and artistic director Hector Armienda, and it has brought life real stories of local farmers in the San Francisco Bay Area. It tells us about heart-wrenching and inspirational stories of immigrants who have made the arduous journey from Mexico to the United States and their experiences farming the land and bringing us nourishment. Hector Armienta is a nationally acclaimed composer who focuses on created work that explores the Mexican and Mexican-American cultural experience. As an opera and theater composer, he draws stories and music that represent his bicultural roots. Cecilia Violeta Lopez is a Mexican-American soprano, daughter of Mexican-American farmers She grew up farming the land until she left to study opera. Today, she is a world-class recognized soprano, one of the top opera singers in the world, and part of this wonderful project, which takes her very close to her own history. Stay with us to learn more about Mi Camino and about this wonderful piece coming this summer. And in the background of this introduction, you can hear some of Hector Armienta's masterpieces. Stay with us to learn more about this very interesting topic. And remember that this and all our shows are at stanfordhispanicbroadcasting.org. Stay with us. Welcome. 
Motivation Maestro Hector and welcome Cecilia. I am so happy that you guys came here to tell me more about this amazing project. I'm so excited about it and I really want to know more about the stories and everything, how everything came together to make this amazing piece. Well, thank you again for inviting us and uh, Um, I'm thrilled to be able to speak with you, and I'm really here to add, to support the wonderful contribution that Cecilia has been has made to the to the project um, Mi Camino. Um, so a little bit about the project. So I'm a composer, uh, Mexican American composer, and um, I'm based in uh, California. But I also have an opera company called Opera Cultura. It's the only Latinx professional opera uh, company in the country. Um, so, um, Mi Camino is, um, is about the stories of farm workers during the pandemic. Um, and so, it includes a number of things. But to summarize, uh, I, uh, we interviewed a number of farm workers um, uh, from California during the pandemic. Their words um, have been changed into what we call arias, which are like songs you could think of, I'm simplifying very much here, but for instance, you could think of it like songs. And wonderful singers like Cecilia have recorded them. But what's unusual about this is that it is an animated film that includes footage of the opera singers in the virtual world of Gilroy and Half Moon Bay singing with their avatars. And these avatars were created to look like them. So <laughs> it's a very interesting project. But um, as I mentioned to you earlier, Isabel, um, part of this is, you know, um, during the uh, early stages of the pandemic, one of the things that I noticed was that the stories of farm workers were not being elevated. And I felt it was very important. I remember I had gone with a good friend of mine um, to help donate food in Gilroy. And you could see in the background all of the plumes of smoke when there were all these fires in California and they were breathing this and you just didn't see this in the news. Um, and so it, you know, it came to me, you know, we, I was already working on the project, but it just sort of you know, reinf uh, reinforced the idea that you know, in many cases, Latinos, you know, our, stories, our stories aren't necessarily um, being told. Um, and I felt it was important to, to tell this story and making an animated film is another way of documenting this so that people do not forget um, what they've had to sacrifice and endure. And I think unless I'm just going to say, you know, yeah, I could talk forever, but <laughs> what I'm going to say is that I have, we have three wonderful singers. We have um, Mexican tenor Manuel Mercado. We have a, a soprano, Deborah Rausenkaus, whose family comes from Mexico. But I'm thrilled, I am thrilled to be able to work with Cecilia, Cecilia Violeta Lopez. And as you know, she's a national, international star. Um, and she has blessed me and blessed the company to be able to sing this work and her connection, which I'm sure you're going to ask her um, to the farm working community, makes, it, makes the story powerful and relevant. And, and, we, and one final thing, we video recorded her behind a green screen. She is a born film actress. Oh, yes, she is. <laughs> I very soon on a film or, or TV show. So that's all I'm going to say.
<laughs> Good. And uh, you interview the experience of the actual farm workers around California uh, to get a um, you know, more accurate idea of what they were living during pandemia and also during the fires, which is, I suppose, a very yeah. similar doom time for them. Yeah, well, it, well, there were different stories. Um, uh, you know, we interviewed, I interviewed a lot, a lot of people. Uh, one of the songs, the Aries, is about two young ladies, college age, who, who actually live in Watsonville. They only work in the summers, but then they go to school for college. One was going to San Francisco State, one to San Jose State. They had to stop working. I mean, stop going to school. And they had to go back and work in the fields. Y estaba llorando. One of the young girls was crying because she had all these dreams, you know, put on hold. Another man who came from Mexico and, and he built a farm in Half Moon Bay, but he could not sell his crops. So he was struggling. And then there's the story of his sister who works on the farm and how she sacrificed. And that's one of the, uh, the beautiful aria called Somos Familia, which is her story about how she sacrificed all her dreams for the sake of her brother and look at where things are. And then another one actually was not about farm workers, but it was about this young woman, an older woman actually, who left Mexico, leaving her teenage children behind so that she could, so she could provide them financially and she was cleaning houses. And El Diez de Marzo, which is the name of the song, the aria, she's, she's telling me on the phone because she, not want, she didn't want to be seen about on the 10th of March, all her work stopped, no income, not, no money to feed her children, to get, help her children in Mexico, nor her, her young five-year-old child in the, in the United States. And so the destitution, you know, the struggle of these people, it's very powerful. And the singers, they make it come to life. Yes, they are. And you decided to make it a, an opera. Is that a, a genre that you are comfortable with and you've been working for a while? It's a, uh, it's a great question. So, uh, you know, I'm from, I'm from Los Angeles. You know, I grew up in L.A., you know, we didn't we didn't grow up listening to opera. You know, <laughs> you know? And, and but opera, uh, as Cecilia can tell you, I think is one of the most powerful, uh, most powerful art mediums in theater, because you have the power of the voice, you have the the, the visual element, but most importantly, you have the orchestra, and the orchestra is that other character, and it it just propels the emotion. And I've been doing opera for, for 20, 25 years. And people come to see my shows. We've been, they've been produced in California and Texas, New York, uh, uh, I, I think Alabama, Mexico, Alabama, Guadalajara, because they're about the stories of our community. One is La Llorona, you know, who we all know. Most of us know, right? <laughs> then there's Ultima, which is based on Rodolfo Naya's famous novel. And now I'm doing a new work called Zorro, which is based on Zorro. So I write work that is that my community is going to be excited about and connected to. Yeah. And the power of opera, too, that is, even though it might not look for many, but it's probably very familiar to Latinos. Uh, I think uh, Cecilia 
uh, Violeta say in a previous interview that she felt she found herself really, very identified with that because it has some sort of connection to the telenovela. <laughs> See, and I still believe that to this day, anywhere I go, when people don't understand opera, in fact, I just ran into this issue yesterday and I, it was basically that I had to break it down. It's a, it's a theater. It's a, it's a, it's a play set to music and, but con la comunidad latina, the first thing that I say, it's a novela. It's not, it's not telenovela. I, there's, yeah. novela, there's love, there's comedy, de todo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And how did it feel for you, Cecilia, uh, this particular uh, piece, this particular uh, opera, because uh, you do have a story for, of, of farm workers in your family. You grow up in a farm. Yes. I, you understand very closely what's going on. At 100%. But it was, I, I guess I want to start in the, the whole, when the pandemic started and how arts or musicians were seen as non-essential, inessential workers. So I was in this situation where I'm like, oh, I need, I need to work. I need to do something to, to survive this pandemic financially. But then when Maestro gave me this opportunity to be one of the featured soloists in this piece and then when we talked about it more and I learned the music and learned that there were actual people that he interviewed of the farm workers that are out there still those they weren't considered non-essential workers you know so and I have a lot of aunts and uncles still in northern California that are working those fields and and then so then it just brought it I always use full circle moments begin <laughs> because that's what it is I think wow yeah, they're still working out there, they're, but they're doing whatever, they're sacrificing so much for, for us to continue living. I mean, even if a panzazo, estábamos viviendo la pandemia, pero yeah. we, we were still, you know, we were still, there, were, there was food in our bellies because of these pandemic workers. And, but then having been, having lived that life of working out in the fields with my mom and, and my older brother, working the hour like out in the sun and whether it was raining or cold whatever it was we were out there and so having that personal experience and being able to attach it to attach my personal feelings to the stories that maestro put on put to music it's it's very touching very powerful music powerful stories and I don't know, I, I feel like Maestro said, kind of echoing what he said earlier, it's their stories that often get, they're forgotten. They're forgotten and they, and now having us put their voices to music and being able to share this virtually, actually vir worldwide um, next month, it's, it's, it's quite powerful. And I think it's something that's going to be very meaningful to us as the artists and para los campesinos que están trabajando, the people that are working out in those fields, because we, I don't know, again, I, I think we take them for granted. And this is our way of saying, nope, they're, they're there, they're working for us, you know. And Definitely essential. We do need the food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that people never stop doing, going to the supermarket. Yeah. Finding their food. So how are the how are they doing the the people that you interview uh, how are they doing now that we're getting out of the pandemic they, did they actually stop working they they couldn't probably they they were it was probably very short when they were able to to stop or they had to stop but pretty sure they had to 
keep going, isn't it? In the middle of those of this all the stress, you know, without uh, a lot of security about safety. Yes, the um, we we've been in in contact with them off and on. Um, they they came to us through different channels. One, uh, the young ladies actually. Uh, were referred to us by um, Harvest Food Bank, which you might know is they provide food for, you know, for communities that need it, food, right? And then um, the other, um, uh, the, the, the men from Half Moon Bay and the sister were referred to us through ALAS. And ALAS is a wonderful um, organization in based in Half Moon Bay um, that they started as a performing arts organization for the community there. But now they've sort of they've transitioned or added in terms of providing, you know, um, resources. Uh, so we're in contact with them. And as far as I know, they're, you know, he still, he still has his farm. His sister still works there. Um, the young ladies, I don't know. Um, I know when last time we talked to them uh, was that they were not uh, in school, um, but they had gone, they, had, they were uh, working in the fields. I don't know what, if they've... Um, if they've been able to return. Um, we have asked them to join us um, for one of, the, um, uh, one, of the, one of the screenings. I have to say not performances because it's not live, it's pre-recorded and then we have these, these screenings like an opening of a, of a film. <laughs> so, yeah. Good, and when are you expecting to, to open the, to have the big opening of the opera? Uh, we will present it June 25th, and then uh, I think it's at 7, and then uh, June 27th at uh, 2, and people can find out about it through going to our website, operacultura.org. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'll be, you know, it's very interesting, you know, putting, um, making this available online. Um, you know, we usually get very large audiences for our theaters, um, for our performances, uh, and we're advertising this nationally. So, and we've been getting some great press. Uh, Cecilia was just interviewed in a national um, online publication. Um, so I, I think it's going to do very well. I'm very hopeful. I'm sure. I'm sure it will. And uh, tell me a little bit more um, about your, your path to opera. How did you end up uh, in opera? you know, growing up in LA uh, and being a musician <laughs> with Latino heritage? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I want to be, you know, Cecilia knows because we were taking a walk and I kept talking and talking and talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I've tried to be, make it simple. Um, I, you know, I was working in different um, art mediums, you know, songs and musical theater. Um, and then I started to get uh, commissions. Um, I wrote a, a piece called Un Camino de Fe, which is, uh, which is the story of a young girl and her family coming across um, from Mexico and what they had to go through. Uh, and then I, I was working on another piece called Rio de Mujeres, which was gonna be a musical about the life of my grandmother. But when I was working on my master's degree, my professor said, we do not teach musical theater here. I will teach you how to make it into an opera. And then we studied Shakespeare for a year. <laughs> and um, I just found 
that, again, going back to the power of opera, the voice and the orchestra, um, it's just, it just makes it so real, um, you know, and there's just nothing like it. And I just felt that, like Cecilia mentioned, you know, these, no, you know, our, our, our novelas, you hear the music, you know, um, opera is just a natural fit. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is when you know when you when you hear singers, you know even the singers that are singing mariachi, I mean their their voices, you know, <laughs> you know, or, you know, operatic voices, yeah, yes, yeah, opera singers, you know. Um, so it just it just felt right. I just felt right. Thank you for listening to Atenea Americana, your house of culture in the radio and online. In this bilingual show, I bring you every week one hour in English and one hour in Spanish, opening a window to the cultural Hispanic world. You can hear in the intro and at the final of the show, as well as right now, music from the legend of Latin jazz, Oscar Hernandez. This and all my shows are in stanfordhispanicbroadcasting.org where I wait for your comments. I invite you to be part of this. And remember that today we are talking about the new opera El Camino and with Maestro Héctor Armienta and soprano Cecilia Violeta López. Stay with us. Yeah, I definitely can see the bridge between things like telenovelas and opera. I can see the bridge. And actually, I also grew up listening to some zarzuela, which is also a bridge between opera and Spanish music. And it's definitely a bridge between mariachi and opera. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, zarzuela has an interesting history. Uh, you know, it, there's there's the comic Sarsvela and then there's the more dramatic and and it would have evolved if there had not been you know for the revolution of course in Spain um, but uh, there was there's been operas written in Mexico and other countries uh, I guess the last thing is that you know the opera that I write and the opera that you know Latinos now are writing uh, we're redefining what opera is it's not it's not traditional opera I mean in in this project you know there's there's a little there's a little kind of you know um mexican musical idioms and in some of my other work you hear corridos or rancheros or you know so you know it's to make it you know and then the, the audience goes oh i know that music <laughs> you know so uh it's different than what people think of you know mm-hmm. makes sense <laughs> yeah. it which makes sense because it's made today, not 300, 400 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you, I don't want to get to become a musicologist here, but a lot of the music that we, when I say we, because, you know, my my ancestry is from Mexico, you know, but a lot of the music of Mexico was influenced by European music. Mm -hmm. You know, banda. I mean, what's banda? Banda is German polka, right? Okay, mariachi is based on very Western music, but with, um, I say Azteca rhythms, there's a lot of syncopation in it. Uh, You know, there's, you know, there's all kinds of European influences. So people don't know that when they're turning on the radio and they're listening to that music, that's from Europe. (laughs) You know, so there are musical connections that, you know, people just are not uh, aware of, you know. 
So it's a natural fit. What makes it different is that the stories, there are stories. You see? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things kind of again echoing what you're at or what you're saying, Maestro, is I wherever I go, whether it's in Idaho or you know in Virginia, um, I always say opera is for everyone because it's, you know, I I liked the idea of filling the the theaters with audiences of all sorts of different colors of skin, different socioeconomic background, doesn't matter. I just feel like it's a, it's a misunderstood art form, I believe, you know? And so try, I'm trying to, wherever I go to spread the message of kind of breaking that stereotype and, and coming, or that idea that misunderstood, misunderstood of what the concept of opera is. And so, but especially for us in Latino communities, I mean, again, me being a former farm worker and now an opera singer, and then also singing repertoire that's been that's composed by amazing latino composers you know it's you know again it's just spreading that message la opera es para todos it doesn't necessarily mean a certain type of audience you know and but yeah it's opera is an art form that was made for the people and <laughs> here we are hundreds of years later and it's still thriving <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's coming back for everybody Mm -hmm. And I think it's the, the stories that make it so powerful. Yes. And maybe I can share with, um, uh, share with you, you know, we were, um, you know, she recorded the, in, the, in New Mexico, uh, went to a recording studio there. Then we flew her to uh, California to do the uh, video recording. Um, and she was singing her aria. And I told her a little more about the story. And then something very emotional happened. And maybe Cecilia, you can talk about that because you were crying a little bit. It was very yeah. interesting. It, and again, it, it is powerful what we, what we do. Opera is a, a very powerful art form. But again, for me, it's, it's more of a, once you told me the woman's story and just giving myself permission to become vulnerable and to remember what it was like for me as a farm worker and now having the privilege of being an opera singer and telling this woman's story for the world to know, it's it's quite moving and it's very empowering as a Latina performer and just, again, just knowing a while, like all of my obstacles and challenges of that I had to go through starting from those beat fields and, you know, and now becoming an opera singer, it's been quite a journey for me and again, just, putting all of those things into one little package and absorbing it all. It's, that's the type of performer that I like to be because it does give the music a different sparkle. It, it, it's magic really. And that's when, when I let myself go there, it's, I don't know, maybe I'm biased, <laughs> but I, I really do like to show that personal side of things because otherwise it's just music on paper and we, you know, there's nothing, not, not that there's not nothing, but you know, there's, you know, if you can give it that little, that extra nudge, that extra magic, then and it does, it does sparkle. Extra connection. I think that just gonna, unless you want to, did you want to say something, Isabel? No, no, go ahead. The other thing that we're working on is that, <clears throat> um, that Opera Culture is working on is, um, this is a recorded um, uh, screening, you know, not a, this is a film recording it it's recorded 
but our next step is to do a live performance. So um, we're exploring how to take it to uh, uh, either Guadalajara uh, or Mexico City and maybe even New Mexico. So, and of course, <clears throat> uh, I would be honored if Cecilia is able to join us, um, but that's sort of the, that's in the process. We're exploring how to make that happen now. Good. And are you going to have also the, the connection somehow with the animated figures into the live performance and a screen in the back or something? Yeah, we hope so. We hope so. You know, it always comes down to the cost um, and who our partners are. Um, but ideally, it would be, you know, Cecilia singing, you know, and then behind her, we see the footage of the avatars, uh, which are her in the farm, you know, planting and being with her brother and all of that. And it would be magical. It's really quite an innovative project that no one in the opera industry has done. And to just, I guess for listening audiences, just so that they know that this project has been like a layering. When we do an, an opera with a live orchestra and whatnot, we, you know, we all rehearse and we come together and we put the show on. And for this, it's kind of like, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, Maestro, but it, it's been a layering of, of things. So it's, we, we took opera, we de deconstructed it, <laughs> and we each have our prepared parts. Yeah. And we came together one by one by one by one by one and creating this amazing project that connects, that combines a live performer with the virtual world. And it's just mind blowing. I've never been a part of this anywhere else. And just to, to be a part of it in, with Opera Cultura being the, the Latino opera company, yeah. you know, it's a big thing. So I'm honored and empowered again. It's a lot, a lot of time. Well, yeah, I'm going to cry now. It's yeah. you know, all stories. That, yeah. Oh. And to give you an example, there are three singers. They've never physically met in the same space. Never. And the arias, the, the three singers appear with their three avatars. So we've we recorded the video, we video recorded each artist. Then they're going to be placed together with, and then the avatars are going to be there, and then they're going to be in the background. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite something, the technology. <laughs> See, yeah. Oh, that sounds, that sounds very, very powerful. And yes, because in, in opera is like, as, as you say, is a huge production coming together. You have tons of people making, you know, the, the customs and the scenography and everything in the background and they come together at the same time in the same place with the orchestra, and, you know, all the people in the orchestra plus the choirs and everything. everything. Uh, but here is a little bit more of solitude, probably one by one. And then they come together as a big team, but probably it's a by yourself kind of thing. That's a good word for it, solitude. It, it's, that's what this pandemic has kind of forced us to, you know, be, we are in solitude. And so all of the virtual projects, at least from, I'm speaking just my, from my own personal experience, singing in front of a camera has been such a different less gratifying experience, so to say, because as a live performer, you want that audience there. And sometimes when, when things are 
the, the magic happens on stage and the audience is there <gasps> breathing with you almost, you know, you can feel that support. And when you're singing into a camera, it's like, hmm, no está. <laughs> like, it's, it's just me. And, then, and it is that, that feeling of solitude. But and I guess in this aspect, it has been all of that, that solitude, that being alone, recording these things as individual artists and, but again, Isabel, to see uh, the first time that I was able to actually see the storyboard of the virtual world that Maestro created, it was so mind blowing to see the talent and just how creative the, the pandemic has kind of forced us to be just kind of innovate ourselves and reinvent ourselves as artists and for to be a part of it. It's I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see the final product because none of us have seen what the storyboard, how it evolves. We just show up and recorded our bits. And but to see, I don't know, Meister, when I saw Deborah on the screen and how they put her 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 body into the, the virtual world, I thought this this is the feeling, the family, the family feeling that we get in the live theater. It, it was close to that. It was it was like, OK. This is why, this is why we spent so many hours by ourselves in a recording studio and not really having that physical interaction with our castmates. It made it all worth it to see that, that product, that little glimpse of what the final product is going to be. It's made it all worth it. <laughs> yes, we all adapt and change our ways. Like now we're used to Zoom, we're used to study, work, do whatever by Zoom or by internet <laughs> yes yes we are re very resilient if anything I, I mean it's it's been a challenge but I think at the end of the day the ones that you know we we evolve we evolve and we just keep on going with our and is your family uh, aware and excited about this project that is related with uh, farm workers you know, when I told my mom that, that I was doing this, she didn't believe me. She was like, what? What do you mean that you're going to be singing stories of farm workers? Like, who does, do people actually care about that? I'm like, well, again, that's my point. There are stories that are there, like get forgotten. And so we need to make them come to the forefront, you know, no more being in the back burner. Like, let people know that this is what happens. So I think she's excited now to because she has been following along and it's really cute to, <laughs> to see her excitement for something that's in Spanish and that's very personal, that hits home, really. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and it's a connection. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, no, no. No, that it, food and, and farms, it, there is a powerful connection of history and what we are about is at the table with the family and is the food in the middle and you know is that connection with earth and where the food is coming from so it's definitely it has to be relevant as a human level as a basic human level where our food is coming how we survive in this world yes definitely mm -hmm. i was just going to say that um i prefer live performance uh I think the, however, I don't think Cecilia doesn't realize, uh, you know, she, she really is. And I just, I'm not just saying this. She really does. When you see her on screen, um, you know, there are a few people when you see them on film that they're able to convey emotion. And when you see her, she's such a wonderful singer, 
but she's also a great actress and it comes through on film. And the person that was, that was, um, uh, that was video recording for us, um, you know, he made a good point. And when you're that close, when you have these close-ups, you're able to see things that an audience can't necessarily see. So all of that emotion that you see in Cecilia's uh, face, which she's drawing from her own experiences, you feel like you're right there with her as when she was working as a farm worker. That's the level of performance that she brought to the project, so. It's all or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Great, so uh, you're gonna be then opening in one month. Uh, you're gonna do it uh, online. It's gonna be um, broadcasted from operacultura.com? Uh, .org, yes. They can go to our website and there's a link that will take them to where they can get tickets. Um, the tickets are free. Um, we are not charging anything. People can make a donation if they want to, but um, we wanted to make this free to the community and to anyone that wanted to see it. Yeah. There's, there's a Q&A, if I'm not mistaken, um, after one of the performances, right? Yeah. yeah, June 25th, after June, yeah. June 25th will be a Q&A with the artist, um, myself, um, uh, Trisha Christen Valencia, who is our video editor um, and working a lot of the post-production. Um, so she will be there also, and hopefully Aaron from Vision, who he was the one that Peter recorded them and is placing them in the real world, in the virtual world. And you say it's in Spanish? Uh, most of it is actually in Spanish, even though my Spanish is <laughs> like this. <laughs> worked, you know, I worked very hard. And when I interviewed them, they spoke in Spanish. Um, so, you know, I... Um, I, I, so the process was they were interviewed um, and then I took part of their recording and turned it into lyrics, you know, text. Um, and then um, someone helped me to make sure that my Spanish was correct. And then the singers then corrected me later. And, <laughs> uh, so, mo yeah, a lot of it is in Spanish. I think only the, the duet, the duet between Las Primas, Las Primas Las Primas is in Spanglish, it's English and Spanish, because that's how they, that's how they spoke, you know. The, these are professional singers. They can sing in all Greek and do a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Aramaic, whatever, they, they will rock in that. I mean, I am really looking forward to it, and I hope that many, many people gets gets to see and hear and and enjoy this project because it's, I find it very important, and is people needs to to connect and understand uh, all sort of human experience, but even more uh, this kind of human experience because it's you know it's who is how we survive, is who we are. Well, thank you so much for asking Cecilia to do this and inviting me. Um, it's just been a pleasure and most grateful to you for sharing, you know, with your, with your audience um, the presentation on June 25th and 27th. Well, and thank you very much for coming. Remember to learn more about this and all other musicals from Hector Armienta, you may go to Opera Cultura.
www.ghanaspeaks.org a little bit more from soprano Cecilia Violeta Lopez singing La Borrachita by Ignacio Fernández Esperón with the opera Idaho. was Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. Stanford 90.1 FM. Rayon Atenea Americana. A window to the Latin universe. This is Rayon Atenea Americana. Bilingual house of culture. On the air and online. Su casa de la cultura en la radio y online. Para Rayon 90.1 KCSU Stanford. I am Isabel Juves. Isabel Juves. Vuelve pronto. From Stanford to the world. Remember to come back soon. Ciao. See you later.